Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to June's podcast series on one month to better investigations and internal reportings. So what do you do when the call, the email, or the personal tip comes into your office where an employee reports suspicious activity somewhere literally across the globe? That activity might well turn into a Foreign Corrupt Practices Act issue for your company. In today's climate, it can turn into issues under lots of different anti-corruption jurisdictions. The Brazilian Clean Companies Act, the UK Bribery Act, or even domestic anti-corruption laws such as brought GSK to bear in China. As the Chief Compliance Officer, it will be up to you to begin the process which will determine in many instances how your company will respond going forward and will set the tone throughout this most difficult period. This month's podcast series will provide to you all the steps you need to consider going forward. I'm going to take a look at independent versus in-house investigations, investigation protocols, the different resources that a compliance practitioner may bring to bear in an investigation, such as internal audit, IT, and legal. And I'll take a look at special issues such as privilege, Upjohn and Miranda warnings, data privacy, and of course, the Yates memo and its effect. I think you will learn a lot this month if you follow this podcast series. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to the June podcast series. Day 16, Privacy Concerns in Investigations. The laws regarding privacy are quite different in the United States and in the EU and in the United Kingdom. This changed fairly dramatically, or the change was really emphasized, beginning with the SHRIMS decision. So today I want to take a look at how uh, companies need to consider doing multinational or multi-country investigations. Obviously, if it's an FCPA investigation, it's going to be a payment to a foreign official, and it's almost always going to involve some form of international investigation whether that investigation be simply obtaining documents, whether that investigation be uh, obtaining documents and interviewing people. Uh, But there are going to be some uh, real issues that you need to consider because previously law firms could rely on safe harbor (coughs) to um, analyze data from investigations conducted in Europe. But this has had to change since the SHRIM decisions back in October of 2015. Internal investigations are often the most sensitive matters for clients, and certainly with the uh, Yates memo and the evaluation of corporate compliance programs document of February 2015, you will need to consider these uh, much more significantly going forward. The SHRIMS decision and GDRP are uh, put real roadblocks in the path of a U.S. company that could be investigating potential FCA FCPA allegations in an EU member country, including the United Kingdom. The biggest issue is around personal privacy and information. Unlike the U.S., for instance, where work email emails are um, unlike the U.S., in EU and England, work emails are covered by the privacy rights afforded to individuals and not the property of the company. The same is true of other information. So this makes the ability of the U.S. of a U.S. company to access information and take it back to the U.S., uh, very problematic. 
One way is to uh, overcome this is to obtain the consent of the person being investigated. However, obtaining such consent raises a host of other problems. So how do you get consent? Well, uh, obviously, if you tell someone, it has to be uh, valid consent. Uh, Can it be induced consent? So are you going to tell them you need to sign a form which allows transfer data to the U.S.? Uh, If you do that, you have to fully explain Uh, It has to be honest uh, um, disclosure, and it can't be deceptive. You've got to say, I want you to sign this form because I want to investigate you. I want to run a full FCPA investigation. And by the way, you're the prime suspect. I want to take a look at your email, and I have to inform you that, by the way, you have the right not to consent. And if you don't consent, there's no way I can investigate you. Now sign the form, please. So it's really unlikely that uh, anyone would sign such a form going forward. Obviously, the key two components, uh, two of the key components of a best practices compliance program, uh, hotlines and investigations are now very problematic, and I believe this puts additional pressure on the compliance function. Obviously, any company in the uh, United Kingdom or the EU will uh, need to consider how to obtain this information. Uh, You may have to dig deeper. If you have listened to any of the recent uh, discussions by DOJ representatives, uh, uh, Leslie Caldwell was probably the the foremost about talking on this, taking the subject head on, that uh, as a lawyer and as a company, you have to be creative. You can't simply hide behind this SHRIMS decision or EU privacy prescriptions. You're going to need to uh, research the law in the country in question. You have to apply that law to the facts. You have to Research your database to see if any of the information has made it to a U.S. server, which takes it out of the realm of EU data protection. With the Yates memo and the evaluation of corporate compliance programs, you can see how this issue would be involved for any company which would be seeking cooperation credit as the company is now returned to required to turn over any and all information to the Department of Justice as soon as possible. Um, So all of this really uh, makes the data privacy issues much more complicated. Uh, I really can uh, only suggest that you hire a uh, data privacy expert who can help you navigate these. Because if we go back to the consent issue, I really find it improbable that anyone, European or otherwise, would give consent. But in the unlikely event that consent is given, you have told the target that not only are they the target, but the data sources you're going to be looking at. So uh, the data sources you need to investigate may begin to disappear. You're going to get uh, no sympathy from the prosecutors uh, and regulators if you mess this up. In the United Kingdom, the Serious Fraud Office had uh, previously lost a case um, simply around the way that a U.S. firm had uh, conducted the investigation. And so if you foul it up and you're subject to uh, SFO jurisdiction, I think that uh, they're going to be quite unhappy with you. Uh, You need a lot of careful thought to structure data transfers, but you also need careful thought even to structure interviews. How often do you move the interview notes about uh, with you? Can you take the interview notes uh, outside the country where the interview took place? How do you look at emails? All of this is going to be absolutely critical 
So you don't want to, because you don't want to break any data privacy laws, and you also don't want to tip off witnesses, have them interfere uh, at the scene of an investigation or any of the other issues that we've raised. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, it all started with the SHRIMS decision. And this one, uh, unfortunately, the effects are still with us. With uh, GDRP coming into uh, play July 1, allegedly coming into play, it's still unclear if the Europeans will uh, find that the United States has honored its end of the agreement. Uh, Many feel that uh, President Trump has uh, disinclined to honor that agreement. So even at the time of this recording, it's not clear the status of the agreement between uh, the United States and the EU on this issue. Number two, I really can't emphasize enough to obtain um, really competent data privacy counsel. That may mean data privacy counsel in multiple countries. It may mean one for Europe, one for England. Uh, but U.S. data privacy counsel really work with a completely different series of, of laws and that's going to require you to tread very carefully. And then finally, if you do screw it up, you're not going to get much sympathy from the regulators. Leslie Caldwell has made clear that she and the Department of Justice, uh, she's of course no longer with the Department of Justice, but when uh, she was there and I think uh, going forward uh, uh, through the current administration, will not... uh, accept a blanket, we simply can't do it, response. You have to present evidence to her. You have to present the law and the facts. They're going to inquire as to what other remedies you sought. They're going to uh, uh, inquire as to whether or not any of the information is on U.S. servers. And the serious fraud office, after the collapse of the Victor Dadala prosecution, is going to have zero sympathy for you if you foul up um, an investigation which forms the basis of uh, any of a SFO action. So you need to tread very carefully. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for joining me for day 16 of one month to better investigations and reporting. And I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day 17. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate the podcast as it would help in our rankings and also help get the word out about the only one-month podcast series to a better compliance program. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact me. You can reach me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much again for listening, and I hope you'll join me again for one month to better investigations and reporting. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.